voice. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham, that's excellent. Jude Bellingham, this is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent! Arena. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Best of clearances! Oh, what a volley! Matt Hummels! Grant in for Holland! Like he's never been away! The man in front of goal who is simply deadly! Hey, welcome back to the BVB podcast. It's, I think it's been a few weeks or about a month. Mm-hmm. A lot has happened. We've had some preseason games. I, I don't remember if we've had any new signings or not, but we do have some news about one of our new signings. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into season predictions. I've got a special guest, uh, but first Carver is joining me. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to do a whole season preview, getting ready for things because we're, we're kind of real quick. Real quick on the Bundesliga season, plus we have a Pokal game. But Carver, do you want to, like I said, we got a guest. Do you want to introduce our guest? Absolutely. I would be honored. We have today, we have um, Brian Straub with us. He's a writer for Get German Football News. He's a contributor at BVB Buzz. I'm sure you've seen some of his work online on that site. He's also a contributor at Playing for 90, as well as a photographer who takes beautiful pictures of landscapes, animals, and much more on Instagram at Snap and Pros. Brian, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for, for the very uh, detailed plug there. Uh, it's, it's good to be here. Happy to talk uh, Dortmund with you guys. Oh, of course. Thanks for coming on the show. Always happy to have you here. Um, Brian, before we get into just, I mean, what this episode is about is previewing and, and uh, all the news lately. Um, I mean, we started this podcast because we're just two Americans who got into Dortmund. Carver has been a, a fan a lot longer than me, but I want to ask like how like your Dortmund story, how you became a fan, found the team, and then kind of how you have progressed into now being like a big contributor for Dortmund News that we all read and love. Uh, sure, yeah. Um, well, I feel like I started my love affair with Dortmund back in, I would say, 2011, 2012. It was right before the Euros were supposed to um, be hosted by Poland and Ukraine jointly. Um, because I'm of Polish heritage, so I was like, you know what, let me try and find a team that, that kind of goes along with that. And obviously at the time we had uh, Lewandowski, uh, Wojciechowski and Piszczek all playing at the same time. And that was kind of the first thing that kind of attracted me to the club. So I kind of kind of started watching it for them, but I stayed for the fans and, and you know, for, for the just general vibe of the club. Can't be the general vibe, man. <laughs> Absolutely not. And huge Peace Chew fan as well. I, I love the guy to death. I know uh, what was it like two seasons back ago now? And there was one other guy in the Dortmund fan club for St. Louis. And like every single time we were at the bar, we're like, why is Peace Chew not playing? We do not have like a single right back that is, uh, that needs to play at the level that we're demanding at. And Peace Chew is that guy. And then finally, towards the end of the 2021 uh, season, whenever he came back to win a Pokal, it was a sight to see. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Having him uh, come back and play a pivotal role in that season was was amazing. So so definitely good to see. Yeah. What was kind of the transition from uh, becoming a fan, maybe a casual fan, into uh, being like a contributor and writing for BB, BVB Buzz and, and all that? How would you get into that? Um, so that was actually kind of random. I, I didn't really expect it to be a thing. I actually used to read BVB Buzz a lot, mm. um, especially when I first started being a fan. Um, but around the around 2018-ish, I 
I had just graduated from grad school and I was kind of just looking for, you know, something to do. And, you know, I'd always enjoyed writing, but I never really thought that that would be something that I would pursue. But I was like, you know what, let me, let me see if I can send, submit some samples and see if it'd work out. And I ended up working out and three years later, four years later, here I am. Awesome. Nice. I guess we should probably start, we'll bring the energy back up, but <laughs> we're going to start, I guess, with the news that's been breaking around the world with the news with uh, Sebastian Hilaire. He was originally taken out of the team uh, to not play in the friendly against Valencia the other day when he was feeling unwell after the training on Monday and was later uh, pulled in for a further examination and they were finding a tumor on one of his testicles. And uh, there's not much, been much more information that's been released. Um, a tumor is not necessarily cancerous. And, you know, if it's diagnosed properly and quickly, sometimes it can be benign and it can be you know, people can be on their road to a speedy recovery relatively quickly. So obviously just hope for the best for the, um, the best of health for Sebastian Heller more than anything else. I hope he gets, um, you know, the best treatment that he can get. I know Sebastian Kell, sporting director came out and had a quote, uh, we'll do everything in our power to ensure that he has the best possible treatment. I think he had some more examinations scheduled with different specialists in the next few days. So he will be getting seen and getting, Proper examinations, proper diagnosis, but uh, yeah, what a blow for, I mean, him personally, of course, and a blow for the club. I know the the vibe around the club from what I've heard from Terzik's press conference earlier today was um, a little bit down, but it's just a matter of, you know, trying to stay organized, stay, stay galvanized and um, motivated for the next seasons to come or the next few matches to come. Because like Sebastian Kale said in another quote earlier this week of, you know, challenges are going to come very quickly. So you know, yeah, again, it's just staying motivated and staying organized. And um, also, Terzik brought up the uh, teenager Bradley Fink from the second team. He's been called up for the replacement. And uh, all the best of luck for him as well. You know, it's a chance for him and also for Mukoko to prove themselves in this team. This is, you know, the arguably the best chance Mukoko is going to get in his young career to really come out and make a statement for himself and hopefully um, earn his spot. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's obviously a very complicated situation, and it's one of those situations where I guess the sporting mas- aspect kind of takes the back seat. Mm-hmm. We obviously, like you get, like you've already said, you know, um, we wish Hilaire the best and a speedy recovery. Um, it will be interesting to see how Dortmund copes with this. Like you said, Bradley Fink has already been called up, and you know we haven't really seen much of him in the first team, if at all. If I'm correct in saying that, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess we'll see how both him, Coco Cope, and carrying the front line for however long Hilaire is out at this time. Yeah. Any other thoughts from you, Jake? I, I don't want this to sound harsh because, well, I'll just, preface, I'll just preface with our first thoughts are with him and mm-hmm. for a speedy recovery for him as just like a fellow human being. Like, we don't want to see anyone have to go through this. Um, the downside is like the, the fan is like, Unfortunately, this this is our, our star striker that we're bringing mm-hmm. into. I mean, we talked about him a lot in the last episode. It, we almost it almost feels shorthanded, like we got shorthanded a little bit. And I don't and I don't mean that any any like woe is us. Like it's more yeah. like I said, thought, thoughts to him, his family, and all we want to ask for is a speedy recovery. But I guess your thoughts, your guys, is both your thoughts moving forward. Where do you think this potentially leaves us? As you said, we don't know how bad the situation might be, or he could make a recovery fairly, fairly quickly, yeah, best yeah. case scenario. That's what we're hoping. But I, I guess as a, far as a sporting standpoint, where do you guys, what are your thoughts, Carver? Yeah. And I know the momentum was just building through the roof. It seemed like through this whole summer with just 
you know, the uh, not the complete rework of the team, but my God, the the holes that you know that were gaping for so long, we've made an actual attempt to plug those holes, and also arguably gotten the best replacement you could think of for Holland uh, with that kind of budget. And uh, just with that news, it kind of just puts a wrench in everything right now. And you know, now you're looking at this club, thinking, can this squad produce enough goals and firepower overall to compete with Bayern this year? I mean, I'm still going back and forth all day. I've been thinking about it, and I'm not entirely sure yet. It kind of threw some of my, you know, predictions off, or at least beginning of the season. But you know, we basically had an entire half of a season last year without our striker and had struggles. But you know, we've added to our attack. We in a you know variety of different ways, in the likes of Adeyemi, uh, Jamie Jamie Bynal Gittens is going to be coming through the team this year, and uh, you know, it's going to be an even bigger challenge now for Terzic to bring his togetherness and to his, his team, team spirit to, you know, really keep a, uh, the, the club together and, you know, hopefully move forward in the best way possible. Yeah, I was just listening to the, uh, maybe a couple episodes, Chat Bundesliga, their mm-hmm. podcast, um, and they specifically focused on Dortmund and our signings and are looking into next season. And one thing they mentioned with Allaire was, it's like the final puzzle piece almost like we've been needing a striker. This is the the last signing. And uh, when he came in, we we're all excited. Like, we're like, this is a great, great signing, great striker looking forward. Going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, realistically, like we might not have that. So Brian, what are your thoughts from the like sporting perspective for the team? Sure. Um, I mean, I kind of share the same sentiment you guys have right now, right? Heller was brought in to be that target man that that main focal point up front to you know help us compete and 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 be that goal outlet that we lost you know with holland or whatever um but with regards to that it especially just looking at the um at the friendly against valencia that we played recently Mm -hmm. i mean just the the players on the field it, it it showed that we we will be creating chances. I just don't know how many of those will be scoring. And that's kind of where that loss of, of Hilaire comes into play, right? The the one player that we did bring in that was supposed to kind of maybe not fully carry that load that, that you know, Holland has like left behind in his absence, but do a, a, a fairly decent job of replacing, he's not going to be there right now. So the, the responsibility is going to fall on the shoulders of a lot of players and a lot of new players. So like you guys mentioned, Adeyemi and, and Bino Gittens coming up. And then even we can technically consider Mukoko a new player as well because he really hasn't had that much time uh, you know, up front for Dortmund. So it's, it's going to come down to whether or not the team can gel in a way that will paper over that loss of Haller for the time being and whether or not uh, the players in question are ready to do so. And obviously, you know, Adiemi coming in, he he came in with big expectations. He's a player that's expected to score goals for Dortmund, but he's not going to be playing that center forward role. Um, so I, I guess we'll have to see whether or not this team will have uh, the players to do that. But the goals will definitely have to be more spread out and a lot more people will have to step up. Absolutely. Yeah, I know you mentioned the game versus Valencia the other day. And uh, thankful I didn't get I wasn't able to catch it live, but I did see some bits and pieces here and there when they put the uh, the replay on YouTube. And um, yeah, Eddie Emmy looked like he was playing more of that wide role, kind of almost like where Malin was playing last uh, year right. at times. And uh, he he looked pretty solid. And I, I mean, we made like you said, Brian, a, a handful of really good chances, especially in the first twenty minutes. I don't know how we didn't score. Um, just got to focus on the, again, yeah, building more fitness, working on finishing those types of chances and, uh, um, you know, hopefully just 
hoping for the best for, you know, the goals to be spread out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be um, quite the interesting ask of some of those different players. I mean, especially, since, too, since a lot of our new co- signings have been with the team, like, actually training for, what, like, seven days now? So it's also, again, building that chemistry and that togetherness. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in, ad- in addition to that, you did mention, um, you know, Adiemi's performance. I-, I don't want to take away at all. Like, I'm not trying to say that in mm-hmm. any way. He won't be able to contribute to, you know, Dortmund's goals. Like I said, he's, he's there to come in and do a job. It's just more so whether or not it's it- it's going to-, to reflect well to put more pressure on him to do that because he wasn't necessarily brought in to be that focal point. Yeah. Yeah, and also, and we just also had some unlucky moments in general yesterday. I mean, not just with us missing chances, but two of their first goals were just unlucky deflections and uh, felt bad for Koble. But yet another example also with those goals, uh, deflections aside, of us not having a proper number six in the field. Jude and uh, Mo were both pushed up pretty darn far, which is no surprise. I mean, they're both kind of more center mids. Jude maybe a little bit more attacking than that even, but... Uh, I know the last episode a few weeks back, I touched on kind of maybe checking out a different formation, different system. And um, and my idea, which would be the 3-4-3, you still have Jude and Mo as those double pivots. But I think if you have Hummels in that you know quarterback role right behind him and in between him, he can help pick out those interceptions. I, I would argue he's you know one of the better center backs in Europe at that kind of thing. And uh, hopefully plug up some of those holes we see in those counters against us because... We kind of looked like we were getting eaten up at times whenever, especially in that first goal, you know, deflection aside, um, you look back and I think it was just Schlotterbeck that was just back there. And, you know, you have uh, Guerrero pushed up and then, you know, Jude and Mo, and it's just everyone else is just kind of deer in headlights almost. I think, uh, you know, I mean, granted, this was the, the first game, I believe, that all of them, you know, were on the field together um, at the same time. Uh, so, I mean, that, that kind of does have to be taken with a grain of salt. But mm-hmm. uh, to that point, I mean, you did mention, um, you know, having a proper number six on the field. We do have Sally Oschen, yep. who just signed. And granted, he's still out uh, with injury, I believe. Um, I feel once he comes in and once he brings his energy onto the pitch and we actually have that midfielder that can screen the back line, there's going to be less mistakes, less opportunities for those types of goals, like, like the ones we saw to pop in even those deflections. So I think, I think once he's in there, everything will look a little bit more stable, but I will say though, that at least for the first half, the team did look a little bit more stable than it did last season. And I was talking with uh, the fan club that that I'm a part of with, with, uh, with all the members or whatever in our group chat, uh, which is the Brooklyn version uh, fan club here in, uh, here in New York. Uh, And we were all saying like, yeah, for the, for the first, um, for the first, you know, 40 minutes, it, it seemed like everything was, was, you know, more stable, um, there were less, I guess, lapses. Then as the game went on, we kind of did fall back into the issues that we saw all throughout last season, defensively, I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that just comes down to at least one of the bigger factors is being lacking of fitness. And again, that's just going to come with time, which and it's crazy that it's already July 19th. And it's like, man, the Bundesliga. And also on top of that, the Bundesliga starts, what, two weeks earlier because of the World Cup. And it's like, man, things are coming up quick. So, and I know Terzik was mentioning that in the press conference uh, today as well of just, you know, we're short on time, but uh, we're confident in our abilities. We're confident in the squad and um, just a matter of, you know, building on all those different aspects of, you know, fitness and togetherness and chemistry as well, which thankfully Schlotterbeck and uh, Sule have been kind of building that already for the national team and not a at times as well. But 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting for this next game against Villarreal, which I think is like in the next week or so, if I'm not wrong. It's Friday. Friday. It's Friday, yeah. Um, I want to look back at the other games. Not, not We don't have to dive in specifics, but yeah. just get your guys' overall thoughts. Um, <laughs> lineup, I sometimes I'm like, I feel like an idiot just talking about lineups because it's one thing I want to like, I want to latch onto so much. And then you always see lineups changing and shifting all the time. So it's like, does it even matter? And they can shift during games. And it's like coaches know what they're doing way more than me. But um, so we saw first preseason friendly game. I mean, first few games were against lower division. I yeah. think all yeah, lower German. division German teams. Um, so not taking too much from that specifically. Um, but we saw like a 4-3-3 and then 4-2-3-1 for these last few. Carv and I have always been big on the let's do three at the back. And I thought with Sule and Schlotterbeck coming in, who both have played three at the back, I thought that's what we're going to look at. And now, um, I mean, we, we've played four at the back these last couple of games specifically. Um, taking the lineup aside, or if you want to dive in the lineup, what you think that might look like moving forward. Um, obviously, it's going to... I know uh, you've been testing out, like Hummel's played more than Schlotterbeck and Sule. We haven't seen oh, yeah. Sule yeah. and Schlotterbeck together yet. Yeah. And it's just kind of integrating them, I think, maybe in, in the structure and system and how we're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, preseason, again, it's it's preseason. So we're, we're just working things out. A loss really isn't that big of a deal. I think we're all hopeful. Like, we want to see us win, especially, like, against a team like uh, Val- Valencia. Mm-hmm. I was thinking we just played Villarreal. That's the one coming up. <laughs> I got it uh, mixed up, too. Even, yeah. even though I'm, like, well aware of both clubs, but... <laughs> I mean, we, two Spanish teams with a V that start with V <laughs> asking <laughs> yeah. for confusion. Um, but anyways, it's not that big of a deal, but obviously against a, a European, a, a team we could see in Europe eventually, like we, we would want to see a, maybe a better performance. Of course, we subbed in some younger guys in that second half, mm-hmm. but I guess your guys' overall take from seeing in the lineup and seeing all the young guys we brought in and it was cool to see some young guys stick out. I mean, the first guy that sticks out to me is Prince Aning. Yeah. Is that, if yeah. I'm saying it right? Who uh, has got a lot Sounds of time? Right. Who's yeah. uh, scored a couple goals already, and yeah, he's he's been coming up with some. He he's so young too. He looks so young, but he's yeah, like I know. tearing it up. I think he's like eighteen, <laughs> but he looks like he's like fourteen. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and I haven't been able to see all these games like fully. I've usually been watching them while I'm working, so I'm like catching a glance here and there. Like the game yesterday. I mean, we're record, recording on Tuesday, so the game on Monday. Um, I was honestly I was working and I had the game on my computer, and. I, Every time I looked up, like it looked like we had an opportunity to score, and so I thought we were dominating that game until I checked the halftime stats, and we were down possession like thirty five percent to fifty five or whatever the math is. I don't know, uh, but I guess your guys' overall thoughts, any highlights or players that have stood out, or Brian? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, once again, I get I feel like I'm harping on Ariemi today, but yeah. I really do think that he did stick out um, with his performance. I really did like his uh, his energy. Uh, the runs he was making, and, and overall just the commitment he had to making sure that uh, he was where he needed to be. Granted, you know, it didn't end up with him scoring or, or anything like that, but, you know, it's his first performance for the club. So, I mean, it's it's not, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world, obviously. Granted, it's also a friendly. Um, yeah. I, I also really liked uh, Bino Gittin's performance as well. Mm-hmm. I thought he showed, like, uh, de- definitely a lot of strength, particularly – uh, going into the box and all yeah. of that, yeah. the dribble pass. I mean, winning the penalty and all of that. Um, so I think both of them showed a lot of promise. Um, I actually also didn't uh, mind Guerrero's performance. I know you know there's been rumors about him, you know, kind of being shifted out and Raum coming in. Um, we obviously don't know if that's going to happen yet or not. 
but um, at least going forward, he showed obviously all the things that he's you know endeared himself to the Dortmund faithful for. You know, all that the creative, like quick feet, uh, attacking display. Unfortunately, once again, it didn't end up in a goal. But these are all positive signs. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and it's kind of to piggyback off that. I, I thought uh, Bino Gittens looked good as well. Man, I, I I really am not trying to make like the Sancho comparisons, but I just I love whenever Bino Gittens gets the ball and he's immediately looking to take people on and take those one on ones and just go at their defense. I mean. With his lightning Absolutely. pace, his dribbling ability, his agility, it just instantly puts everyone on their back heels. And he was able to draw that penalty. Um, what looked like, I mean, just looks like that's just you know he's been on the team for however long now. Um, and yeah, I mean, you didn't get too much of a showing of um, unning from this last game, but the previous few games from the lower division of uh, German teams, he looked great. Uh, him and Rota looked pretty solid. Uh, I mean, still obviously different areas of their aspects of their game to work on, but. At least, you know, for, for the next two, after the next two or so years, if we keep those two left backs, we have like an actual pool of left backs. So we don't have to continue, you know, every six months going like, you know, who's going to be our left back. So that was nice, which kind of brings me into the, um, the next point of just the situations with our left backs of like Schultz um, and then some other players like uh, Chan and Akanji. Um, uh, I really have just, I don't like the treatment that not only players like Schultz has been getting, but, you know, go back in recent memory to Berkey as well. And we just like, we're just pushing these players out of the club that, that, you know, yeah, they've had their, I know Schultz definitely had his not had a, a great time here, but, you know, Berkey had his, you know, so long here and had his great moments and was still just kind of pushing those players out that, you know, still want to give something to this club. And I'm just, I'm just not a huge fan of just how we're, um, Going about going about those treating these players, uh, especially behind the scenes. Right, um, it's it's definitely a harsh treatment um, on on one hand, but but at the same time, uh, you do have to think of it uh, from the club's perspective as well. They yeah. are trying to to bring through a, a new era in the club. And granted, you know, I'm not one to advocate for uh, you know completely you know um, giving them the cold shoulder or, or all of that, but it's obvious. Nico Schultz is not, for example, just talking about him right now, mm-hmm. because Berkey at this point is, is kind of an afterthought. Um, the, it's obvious that he's not going to get that run uh, in the team at, at this point in time anymore, and he is a high earner. So, you know, and, and there's also been, been been talk about him refusing offers, I believe, from a couple clubs. So it's like, what 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 is the agenda here? Is it to earn the, the high wages that, you know, uh, you're earning at Dortmund and not play, or are you genuinely looking to move on in your career and actually end up playing? So once again, I'm not advocating for them to to put them on the bench, but at the same time, you also have to take the players' motives into question here. Yeah, I was I, I forgot to mention, but actually I read your piece the other day, Brian, about that exact same thing of Schultz reportedly having some offers here and there and turning them down. And I mean, he's on a big contract here, and yeah, his, his performances have been pretty piss poor for the most part. Uh you know, at best, he had like a decent performances here and there, but um, I, I, I look also look at it from a, another perspective as well of just like, I mean, would literally anyone else want to terminate a high paying contract at their job just to make a fraction of your wages elsewhere? I, I don't know. I, that, I personally wouldn't do that. I know that makes me seem like someone like Schultz and I'm not trying to defend him in like every aspect, but just in the, you know, the aspect of like, you know, he signed a contract and he's making good money and you know, he's not going to want to terminate that just to make very little elsewhere. So No, absolutely. But then at the same time, the understanding has to be that, you know, 
he's on high wages mm-hmm. and he's, he's taking up a slot in, yeah. in the squad. Th- there shouldn't be this expectation that the club will have to, um, you know, make sure he's involved in everything or, or in every lineup or anything like that, you know, granted. And, th- and that's something that a professional footballer should not be happy about. Yeah. They should, they should be at a club where they are, you know, playing and, and competing for positions. But if a club is automatically saying like, listen, like you're not part of our future plans, mm-hmm. um, they're telling him in advance that they're, you know, planning with other players. If you're a professional footballer, you're technically, you know, maybe you're going to be earning less, but let's say he's earning six or 5 million somewhere else. Is it, it is it that, that, that that's, that's the thing you have to take into account. Is it the football that matters or is it the paycheck? Exactly. That's, that's, that's a very fair point. And it's always interesting to see just in general around European soccer, the players that are like that. I mean, just off the top of my head, players like like Oscar. I know he went to um, uh, the Chinese Super League, if, if I'm not wrong, like what, six or seven years right. back. And, mm-hmm. you know, some players are just tr- treating it like a job, which I wouldn't I, I guess I wouldn't expect Schultz to do that whenever he first signed with us. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that some players are treating it like that. And that's just, I guess kind of is what it is. For some players, it's important to make sure they have the the funds to set up their families, which is also very important, and I hundred yeah. percent respect it. But I'm just talking about it from the from the viewpoint of the club at this point, right? Like, yeah, unfortunately, this is what it is. He hasn't lived up to the potential that we thought, you know, he would uh, live up to coming from Hoffenheim when he did, um, and that's just that's kind of the nature of the beast at this point. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's a a situation where the club might just like kind of bite it and just like eliminate terminate the contract like take their losses and that's 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 a tough question i mean i i'm not one to speak for dortmund here um because that's 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 a big decision to make i'm sure there's there's fees and everything uh, that go into terminating the contract you know paying off um uh players i mean even just looking at managers i mean to my understanding when marco rosa was terminated now he was paid a hefty sum for that termination yeah i mean it's 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 kind of a loss either way, you know. Um, oh yeah. The ideal in that situation is, you know, it never comes to that, and the player ends up living up to that potential and playing a pivotal role for the club. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. That that's that's a tough one. And then also on top of that, even because I've thought that about that as well. It's just like, okay, I guess if we don't play Schultz anymore, it's like also what happens after that? Because already it seems it seems like the majority of our fan base is trying to do that same thing, pushing Guerrero out the door, which I'm not a fan of either. But you know, if we're trying to do that with both Schultz and Guerrero, it's then you're left with literally no left back. I mean, you have Rota and Aning, but f- you know, for at least like maybe uh, they can come in towards the end of the season. But you know, Rota still needs a lot of work on his technical ability, and he's not near as defensively sound as we need at the level that we need him to be at. Um, Aning, we just kind of said that he looks like a 14 year old. I mean, <laughs> he he just doesn't look like he's fits the physical profile of a defender that we need right now is what I'm trying to say. You know, I think he's still very much a kid in that aspect and he looks very promising, but he's going to need time on a second team to really, you know, get himself up to speed with um, the levels that he needs to be at. Yeah. With with those two specifically coming in, I mean, I don't think we, we didn't sign him to be our new left back. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, this is what Dorman does. They sign guys, let them play in the U19s, U23s and, and work their way up. And I, I think them getting all this preseason, um, preseason time it's one incorporating in the system learning the system um getting some good competitive matches i'm pretty sure prince aning like he signed and like played like a couple days later or yeah. like later that week like it was real quick and, and was looking great too yeah, like he never missed good. a beat um the turnover was fast yeah yeah and uh but but also like them those two specifically like they're almost playing i think 
Terzic is almost like, well, who who can be my backup? I, mm-hmm. I don't think they're definitely not playing for that first team spot, but maybe like when we need them, who who's my first backup option? If if Guerrero is staying, are we signing another left back? Who knows? But yeah, I, I mean, I know you, you touched on Guerrero earlier, but I also thought he looked great, especially moving forward. There there was a couple times yesterday, Monday, where he got he didn't get he didn't track back quick enough, um, which led to some opportunities and and scoring chances. But he did like moving forward. He looked fantastic. There was a couple times where he just blew past like five Valencia. Who do we play again? Valencia. Yeah. <laughs> five, five Valencia players. Like it was nothing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think those as far as those younger guys, it's just it's playing for that second and and third spot possibly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, moving on to just some other players too that people are still looking to possibly get out this window is you know one of them which was. Surprising me a lot so far as a Kanji. I I thought towards the end of the spring it was going to be kind of quick for him, um, not only because he was just kind of looking up with fed up with you know this past season he only had one year on his contract, but also just how good of a defender he is. I mean he's in my opinion he's exactly what a lot of clubs need in their defense right now in Europe. I mean obviously a very solid defender, uh, extremely pacey for a center half, gifted weak foot can play on either side of a defensive partnership. Um, and he's, he's incredible at passing. He still makes, I mean, boneheaded mistakes at times, but he's, he's minimalized those a lot over the past few seasons. And I feel like that I just, I don't know. It's teams like, like I mentioned already Juventus, uh, especially not that they lost to lit. Um, he could have been in a solid signing there, even maybe at a Chelsea that they've now they've, uh, they've lost Rudiger. They've lost, they lost Christensen as looks out the door. I don't know. Just there are a handful of teams around Europe where I just surprised they didn't bite even bid for a Kanji. Brian, uh, I was going to ask you if you know like details on a Kanji or, or any any insight because what I, the last I saw, and I've been kind of distant from soccer. I've been like fully enveloped in in soccer. I've been taking my summer vacation <laughs> with uh, <laughs> with a little social media break too. But uh, I think the last thing I saw was he turned down some offers in Italy because he really wanted to go to Man United. Um, so I don't know how much truth is behind that, if you know anything. I mean, I'm just like, dude, what if Man United doesn't want you? You can't just put all your eggs in that basket. No, absolutely. I feel, I mean, just from the things that are coming out, um, Akanji definitely overestimated the amount of interest that yeah. you know yeah. might be coming in for him, especially this summer, particularly with how he was very adamant about how he didn't want to um, sign a new contract. And now he does find himself in a precarious position because Dortmund have already signed his replacement um, or two replacements for that matter. They have a whole new uh, new look back line and he doesn't really primarily feature in that back line. I don't think uh, moving forward, if he does stay, um, I guess going to, to the rumors, I mean, the, there were some whispers, um, you know, stating that Inter Milan might be interested. Um, and then, you know, there, there, there was some talk about him being on a short list for them. And then there was some talk about him not even being the first choice for them. So I don't know, you know, how many uh, offers he might have um, rejected from Italy or anything like that, but there, there doesn't seem to be any concrete interest at this time. Um, and I guess we'll end up having to see whether or not there ends up being interest, you know, moving forward. I know that in the past, I mean, um, Carter, I, I believe you mentioned uh, Juve mm-hmm. uh, as one of the possible destinations. I, I don't remember exactly who it was. I think it was Chiellini who mentioned him as a possible replacement for him once he leaves. Yeah. Um, so uh, that 
may end up being a possibility now that the Delict deal has gone through and he is going to Bayern. So maybe some interest might come in from 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 that avenue. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I I don't know if I exactly share the opinion of him being as ama- as an amazing defender as as you know. Um, some might say he is Mm -hmm. granted i think over the last year and a half he has improved and obviously over the last year and a half i think he's been our best defender yeah but looking at our back line and the performances that we put in i don't think that says much yeah and which is why dortmund i feel move very quickly to to both replace him and and bring in a whole new look back line because that's what they thought was necessary so once again I, i think it was an overestimation on his end as to you know what sort of interest he would be getting yeah, it was also an overestimation on my part as well. And it is going to be really interesting because if he does stay, yeah, what what is it going to look like next season now that the relationship looks sort of soured at least going forward? But yeah, I was one of Akenji's bigger critics when he first arrived. He would just make a mistake after mistake. But over time when he kind of worked most, not not all of, of by any right, means, right. but most of those mistakes out of his game and just billing us out, you know, left and right last season has, has maybe changed my opinion on him. But then towards the end of the season, yeah, then he just... Once he kind of reaches this form after like four years where he's the defender that we like we're hoping him to be at now, he's just kind of like trying to get out the door, which is, you know, not the best thing to hear, I guess. But um, it's not the best look. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, I, and, uh, I forgot what his name was at the top of my head, but I think it's uh, Bremer, if, if I'm saying that correctly. But Juve maybe already found, you know, another replacement for Chiellini and this center, uh, the center half from I think is Torino. Uh, and he's Brazilian and he's right. kind of around similar age and. And and he was one of the better defenders in Italy. So yeah, Kenji's looks like he's, his options are kind of running out quick. So I think the player you're mentioning is also on that short list uh, that Inter had drawn up. So mm-hmm. for, for if in the event that they end up losing Skriniar to to PSG, so I mean yeah, uh, he's kind of in the doldrums right now. Yeah, yeah. And then and then the last player that I want to touch on before we can just go into some actual predictions for this season is uh, Emre Chan. I know very recently, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not wrong, last few days. I think it was like, I think it was Bile that or that uh, reported this, but saying that Terzic didn't fancy his attitude and maybe put him on the short list as well. But I think if I'm not wrong, that same report came out f- for Brandt and Sebastian Kale came out saying like the rumors about Brandt are not true and he wants to prove himself and play at the World Cup. So I don't know if I don't know if Chan's going to be here either. I mean, we were pretty set on him mm-hmm. being here and. And I was I was talking highly of him towards the spring. Um, he he kind of won me over a lot towards the last uh, second half of the season, just because we were so short on defenders, and he was, you know, bossing the defense for away games like Mainz and getting those vital points. But I could also see him maybe stirring some unnecessary problems in the locker room if he's you know given some attitude. So I don't know. I, and then you're also stretching yourself really thin if you don't want him either. You know. Mm. I, I would be cautious to, you know, read too much into, um, you know, the reports coming out and, and saying that there's problems in the locker room and, mm-hmm. and all of that. I feel like um, we've seen that um, with multiple clubs, especially over the last season. I mean, to, to for, from if my memory serves me correctly, there were a lot of um, reports coming out that even there was like the disruptions in the Manchester United locker room. Yeah, those the players quickly came out and, and squashed and, and, and all of that. I mean that that kind of stuff. I feel like it's 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 not as concrete as uh, as it you know at face value seems to be. Um, with regards to Chan, I think he is a versatile player. I mean, he can definitely lose his head uh, in game sometimes and put in you know dangerous tackles and and tackles that give away penalties and, and 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 stuff like that and rack up cards. But I do think he is a versatile player, and I think he he can be useful um, 
when when in the right situation. Like if you, if you're playing against a team that's that's playing that sort of like gritty game against you, he's the player that you want in that midfield breaking up play for yeah. your team. So I mean, I think uh, holding on to Chan would be smart at this point in time um, because, like you said, you don't want to stretch yourself too thin. Yeah. And if we re- if we really think about you know the options even uh, that Dortmund have in defense right now, yes, you have uh, Hummels, uh, Sule, and Schlotterbeck right now. But if anything uh, like that injury crisis that we had last season happens, are you putting in Koulibaly? Are you putting in uh, Collins? Mm-hmm. Um, players that are still, I think, too young to, to cover for that. I think I think you'd have to have a player like Chan there to, to, to cover in those situations. Yeah, I agree. I, especially Collins. It, I mean, maybe from what I've seen from Koulibaly, a, a shout can happen you know, a few months in, but um, I'm not, I'm not t- too uh, hype on Collins just yet. <laughs> but... Uh, I mean, if anything crazy happens, a kanji might still still be around too. So, <laughs> right, right, yeah. that's true. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, predictions for top four, lads. Uh, doesn't have to be in any particular order, but I've I've been going back and forth. I feel like the three of them kind of have like a locked in place with for me: Dortmund, Bayern, Leipzig. But the fourth spot is interesting. I mean, it feels like every season in the Bundesliga, a team that should and or could and should be competing for a top four, like just falls beneath like tenth place. And Gladbach most recently. Um, so I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts. I have I have Union Berlin uh, in fourth place. This for my predictions. Uh, they were I think they finished fifth last season, and they've made some really uh, decent signings, and they've done some smart business in the window so far with a handful of different free signings. Um, and they and uh, for the American fans out there, Jordan uh, Pifak will be their new number nine, which is really exciting. I mean that he I was not expecting him to go to a team of that kind of quality or at least uh, stature right now. And I think they made like literally like nine other signings, if I'm not wrong, and like four of them were on a free. And so yeah, just smart business all around. And I think they can continue to take that momentum over the past few years of being promoted and maybe push for Europe. What you guys think? I don't know if I want to put an order on it at this time. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to. I don't want to jinx anything. Um, but I, I definitely do believe Dortmund obviously will, will be within top four. I'm not going to say where because yeah. I don't want to get too excited <laughs> or anything. And especially with the news of the holiday right now, you yeah. just really don't know where yeah. the team stands. Um, Bayern will obviously be there. Um, you mentioned Leipzig. I mean, the rational part of me, obviously, um, you know, thinks yes, Leipzig will be in the mix there. The, the the romantic in me really wants Frankfurt to be somewhere in that mix. Yeah, just because yeah. I've liked the business that they've done, especially with Mario Götze coming back. Yeah, uh, and playing for them uh, this season. Um, but one team I think will definitely also be there is uh, is Leverkusen, and mm-hmm. uh, because I think they've done some really smart business, especially in the front line. Um, I mean, and granted, this isn't a signing, but extending Schick's contract was yeah. was very big for them. I did forget He's about that. Amazing. That's very true. Uh, that, that's 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 a big thing for them, and I also think them signing Adam Klozek is, yep. is a big signing for them because he is very very talented. So I think those two up front for them are going to be very very pivotal, and I think that they may drag them over the line and put them in top four. Yeah, yeah, and that's a fair shout. And God, this the the young talent that Leverkusen keeps pumping out. It, it's just no matter who they lose the next season, they're already getting another like seventy eighty million dollar prospect on the way. So. You lose a Havertz, you have a Verts. Yeah, exactly. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, we're the exact same way, but yeah. Um, when one of our so here in St. Louis, we're getting our MLS team 
at the start of the next season. And mm-hmm. we, we have an academy kid who I think we signed from the Philadelphia Union Academy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we're you going were off on M- MLS <laughs> talk here for a second. But relating to Bundesliga, like he's already been linked with Leverkusen. Like there's already talks that he I remember you he might be lined up that. with them. So he could like play next season for St. Louis and then be off to Germany. Yeah. Or he holds it down in St. Louis. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I don't know how much St. Louis loyalty he has yeah. since he came from Philly, but uh, what's not to love? We have so much history. Um, we got Berkey. We got Berkey. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's the main attraction. Right there. Yeah. Um, before, okay, I, I will. I'm gonna piggyback off you guys a little bit on your mm-hmm. answers, and I'm gonna sit on the fence a little bit because I liked your shout for Leverkusen and Frankfurt. I wanted to be really r- romantic with the Frankfurt shout just because. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned it last week. I mean, I kind of, I like to watch them, especially, I mean, it is big because Knauf and uh, just their run in Europe was really cool to watch. And I yeah. think if they, if they can keep pushing, they, to me, they seem like they have the right momentum where they're going to have that, that drive and, and fire to keep pushing um, where I think, I, I do think, so I, I would say them or Leverkusen for me would be for fighting mm-hmm. for that fourth or fifth spot. I think Leipzig is going to be there. Um, but I also think, I think a big part of this success last season, not to take away from uh, the coach who came in, but I think a lot of that was the new coach bounce and then being able to ride that for a while. Yeah. Um, I, I think they'll still have a good run, but I think they might start a little slower than where they were at the end of last season. Yeah, with Frankfurt, I, I hope they do well as as well. I know they got a real solid manager in Oliver Glasner. It's just. I just I wonder how they're going to continue to keep that momentum and fitness going through the Champions League now because if I'm not wrong don't, when you win the Europa League I think you're oh, in the yeah. Champions League automatically. Yep. 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 Um, so I wonder how they're going to be able to just keep, you know, that momentum going throughout the season but um yeah it, it'll be really interesting to see. I, and I wasn't going to like I, I told myself I wouldn't do this and get hyped on Dortmund like maybe potentially having like a, a chance to win this year but you know with the Holler thing and then also Bayern have been making some great business as well. I mean, they spent a lot more than us, don't get me wrong. But, um, I mean, just recently with now just getting DeLitt uh, confirmed, that's a hell of a defense. I thought our defense was going to be the best on paper, but then you're now you're looking at Byron's and it's like, Jesus Christ. I wonder what this means for Upamakano because you have DeLitt, you have uh, Lucas Hernandez, and now you have Upamakano. And I, I could be wrong, Brian, but I don't think um, Nagelsmann has ever ran much of a back three. I could be wrong on that, but um, not to my knowledge, though. Granted, I don't really follow Leipzig super, super closely. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think uh, Upamecano will be starting over Delict and Hernandez. I think that will be uh, the starting back too. Yeah. Um, and I think Upamecano, particularly because of the fact that you know he didn't have the strongest of seasons last season. I think that's yeah. why the idea of bringing Delict in in the first place uh, sprung to mind for. Uh, you know, uh, Brazo and uh, and Bayern in general. So um, yeah, I, I think I think he's definitely going to be uh, a bit more of a sporadic uh, starter for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I guess I, I guess we'll see how much minutes he actually ends up getting because I think that's a that's a very strong backline for them at this point in time. Yeah, which is crazy because I know Nagelsmann like really obviously fancied Makano. He was the he brought him through the ranks at Leipzig and then uh, brought him over to Bayern. So to kind of give him the cold shoulder was. Interesting to see. And then uh, obviously Leipzig, or not Leipzig, Bayern have uh, also now officially got rid of uh, Lewandowski, Lewandowski um, to Barcelona. Also, I didn't know until just today, did you know his contract was four years? 
to sign for Barcelona. He's 33. That, <laughs> that is, is that is something nuts. Else. I had no I had no idea. I obviously you can get Lewandowski to be at that elite level for like two years, but I just I can't see him pushing on at 36 at this kind of level. I could be wrong. I don't know, but. I mean, I feel the, the way sports medicine is going and, yeah. and the fact that players' uh, careers constantly keep getting, um, you know, um, extended. I mean, you can look at Zlatan. I think yeah. through his extension right now with Milan, I think he's going to end up being 41 yep. at the end yep. of it. So, yep. I mean, and he's a forward. That's mm-hmm. that's fine for, for keepers like someone like Buffon, uh, who, uh, to, to my understanding, I think he's still playing for, uh, was it Sampdoria? Yeah. Uh. Yes, I, I think so. I think time. so. No, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're but, right. But he was he was still playing for them in his 40s. So yeah. I mean, that, that, that's understandable for a keeper. But for someone like Lewandowski, I think, you know, or, or for, for a player who, who plays an attack, that, that is something that's that's less heard of. But as, you know, as we've gone over the years, I think, you know, players' careers have been extended. I think he could still play at a relatively high level for Barcelona for, for, for a few years to come. I don't think it'll be four years necessarily, yeah. but... But definitely the next two, three years, I think he'll still perform. Yeah. And it may just be going through Barcelona's head, too, of like, you know, if we get two years on Lewandowski, it's probably like a pretty solid return on their investment. And he can uh, hopefully help the new forwards coming through the ranks uh, as well. Because, I mean, their their attack, it's, I mean, some of them are overrated, but their attack has a lot of depth right now at uh, Barcelona. Absolutely. Anyway, I was just on a tangent about Barcelona. (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah, so top four and then... uh, Real quick, uh, any uh, predictions on just one club that you guys might feel might get relegated? Uh, I was looking at Hertha. I know they just skimmed uh, relegation last year, and uh, they made it safe. But, I mean, it just looks like they're continuing to slip further and further down the table consistently every year, and they're going through managers. I mean, it looks like more than us at times. Um, and uh, I just, I can't see, I don't think they've signed many players of any real substance at all either. So I, I, I grow worrisome of them. I don't know if you guys had any other clubs that came to mind. Schalke. <laughs> yeah, I, I obviously want them too, but <laughs> uh, man, I was looking at their signings. They made some really solid ones too, it looks like. Um, just, I mean, some different ones. I know uh, he didn't play much for West Ham, but Alex Kroll from, uh, I think they loaned him from, uh, uh, Spartak Moscow, and just some uh, different other few things. I mean, Maya Yoshida, too. I know he. W- I watched him play for Southampton every once in a while, and he looked pretty solid. So, at, yeah, I wonder how Schalke's going to be with their first year back up. That's that's going to be really interesting as well. I keep forgetting that they're they're back in. One could help. Yes, one could help. Um, I, well, I mean, to, to be fair, I am happy that they are back in the Bundesliga because yeah. you get the you get the derby now. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean. That's that's always an important fixture uh, on your calendar, especially when you're a Dortmund fan or just a you know football fan in Germany, because those games end up being crazy regardless. Um, but I just think that because of their whole financial situation, they may end up being one of those yo-yo clubs that you know yeah. is up one or two years and goes right back down. I feel like they they still have uh, a little bit of uh, they, they need a little bit more time to dig themselves out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like. A- I know they made a lot of different signings. I know like Norwich can be that same way of like they splash on a bunch and then they go up, get relegated, then sell, and then they just kind of repeat that effect. So, uh, yeah. any other clubs you had in mind, Jake? I don't know. I don't know as far as relegated, but I mean, you just mentioned Nor- Norwich, and I mentioned <laughs> it last last episode we did with Farca taking mm-hmm. over Gladback. Mm-hmm. I think that's just going to be an interesting situation because mm-hmm. I'm like, do you think I, he's going to be successful there? 
I, I no, <laughs> I don't think so. But I mean, I, I've only, I've watched just what I've watched of Norwich in the Premier League yeah. last season and the Norwich back and forth the last couple of seasons. So I, I said it last time. It's just going to be interesting. Um, I hopefully he can be successful just for his sake because that what a sad career if it's just up and down and up and down and yeah. up and down. Um, I just thought that was an interesting signing and that's just going to be one of those things where like I'll probably watch a lot of their games just to see how it's going for him. Yeah, so. and, and and I don't know. It's, I guess it just depends what Gladbeck would define as success in their fan base. I mean, they finished in tenth last year, so uh, I guess if Farka can get them to like the I don't know top seven or something, that's not too bad of a season. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Man, time has flown by for us. I had yeah. I had a few other things, but <laughs> um, I'm trying to pick a, just one other thing. Oh, I, I guess are there any individual players that you're excited for, Brian? Uh, could be in Dortmund, could be in the league, or anything in general. Um, I'm definitely excited to see how uh, Lojek performs for Leverkusen mm-hmm. um, because, granted, he he did really well, um, you know, in the in the Czech league um, mm-hmm. for Sparta Prague. And uh, I just really want to see how he's going to step up to the level of play that, you know, uh, we see in the Bundesliga. Um, granted, he was a player that Dortmund was very much linked with for a very long time. I was about to say that. I was, yeah, one that, that I was a proponent for, for, for sure. I definitely wanted Dortmund to sign him. Um, but yeah, definitely him. I mean, obviously, I, I want to see how, how players like Adeyemi um, and, uh, and Schlotterbeck perform for us, you know, up-and-coming German stars. Um and, and to see how they fit it and how, how they help us push to the next level to, to be a bit more competitive in the league. Um, and I'm also really excited for Sally Oshchan. Um, mm-hmm. I feel uh, that's not really one of the more glamorous signings that Dortmund has, has, uh, has made in, in recent years. But I think for when it comes to uh, how much we paid for him and what sort of value mm-hmm. he brings to the club through his position and the type of you know, play he has on the pitch... I think it'll be really interesting to see, have another very aggressive, you know, fighting type player, um, you know, in, in the lineup again. So those are the ones I think I'm most excited for. Yeah, that's a great shout for mm-hmm. us, Shane. I mean, he cannot go uh, understated of just like you mentioned before the the absolute steal that we got. I think it was like under five million for him, and he brings that grit, just like a very similar player to Chan. But I don't know much about him, but it looks like he's a little bit more of a level headed player that's not going to get himself into you know, just unnecessary and boneheaded mistakes here and there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him. Um, in the league in general, I know I already mentioned him already, but I'm really excited for Jordan Pifak. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that number nine position for uh, the U.S. is just has been wide open since, like, I, I think it's been, like, before 2014. We just cannot find ourselves a striker. And, I mean, it's really exciting And these last, like, few months that a lot of players or a lot of strikers that are American have put themselves in positions to uh, take that number nine spot. I mean, not not just Jordan Pifak, but a handful of other uh, players around Europe that are now escaping my mind for some reason, but are uh, in that same role and can hopefully... I mean, uh, Daryl DK, okay, yep. another, another, another one. I mean, there's a few other ones that escape my mind, but... Uh, to see him play at this kind of level, I mean, in the Bundesliga, obviously, but at a team that's like not going to be fighting relegation, uh, potentially even fighting for Europe, and he's going to be their prim- primary number nine is is going to be cool. I'm, I'm interested to see how he performs. Yeah, Jake, any other players you're excited uh, for? <laughs> I I am for, so Oshan, like again, great shout, and he's he's the one I'm probably most disappointed we haven't seen yet mm-hmm. in the preseason because like I've watched a lot of Adeyemi at Salzburg. Lot, watched a lot of Schlotterbeck and Sule. Like you kind of know what you're getting from those players. He's a little more of a mystery to me in a position that we really need, and he seems like a good signing. So yeah, him. I'm really excited to see what what he can bring to us. 
Uh, yeah. Just to add one more player there, because I mentioned him earlier. Um, I, I think I'm really excited to see uh, how Mario Gotze performs for, yeah, for yeah. Frankfurt. Yeah. I feel like it's a bit of a redemption story for him, particularly after how his last se- the last few seasons at Dortmund went. Um, and I feel like going to uh, the Eredivisie, uh, you know, he, he spent a lot of time with PSV trying to rebuild himself as yeah. a player. And I really want to see what sort of effect he has on this Frankfurt side who just won the Europa League to see, you know, mm-hmm. whether he pushes them to that next level, like what you guys were saying, you know, to fight for those European spots. So that's also one that forgot to mention, but one that's an important mention, I think. Absolutely. I think that shows a lot about his character and his motivation as well. I mean, coming to, I think he just turned 30. And uh, after leaving PSV, I mean, I feel like it could have been very easy for him to have been like, I mean, I'm not knocking the MLS at least as much as I used to. I, I used to not care about that league much at all. But he could have easily just went to an MLS team or something like that and then just kind of coasted for the next, I don't know, two, three years or whatever. But he's chosen to go to a team, like you mentioned, Brian, that just won the Europa League, who's hungry for more and wants to compete. So, yeah, I'm excited for him as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I, don't wanna, I know we're pressed for time. I think that's... Do, do we just want to head real quick... Any uh, quick predictions for Dortmund as a whole this season? Brian, we'll let you you give this. Yeah, yeah. We, although I, you earlier you're like, I don't want to think too much. Yeah. Ahead of it, but <laughs> we, want, we want your thoughts. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> Put you on the spot. It could be I as mean, quick as you want. Uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it simple. They'll score the most goals in the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be cool to see, especially if... if, if um, you know, if the it, players gel, yeah, yeah, the players gel. If if um, we can maybe get Haller back, you know, as soon as possible, that that'd be that'd be cool to see. I'm I'm hoping my prediction is we are keeping it at a really tight race come like March or something. Like it's we're we're right there if we aren't already in first or something like that. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm predicting. Jake, I want to see a good run in the Champions League. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah, that too. That, that would be it was important. it was a dud last year. I didn't yeah. even really think about that much just because of how horrendous that was. Yep. All, All right. right. Brian, uh, real quick, how can people follow you? I always love your input on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You're one of my favorite Dortmund people to follow. Um, so I, everyone I else needs to step that. it up. Uh, but, yeah. no, but like, how can people follow you, especially with all your, your writings and everything? Um, so like you guys mentioned, I, I do pieces for Get German Football News every now and then and, uh, you know, write for BBB Buzz. Uh, but you can just follow me at Brian underscore Stroud 94. I didn't even plug your Twitter. I just realized that too. All plug those his, other things. His photography his Instagram. Instagram. You guys yeah. plugged everything else, so it's all good. <laughs> well, and we'll, I mean, we're going to link everything in, yeah, yeah. in the uh, description of this episode. So, Brian, thanks again for joining us, man. It's been awesome. Brian, thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate it. It's been awesome talking uh, with you guys. Really fun. Awesome. And, uh, of course, you can follow us Twitter and Instagram at the BVB Pod. Carver's been keeping all our socials on lock lately as I'm on soccer sabbatical still. I'll jump in here. And I've there. been kind of slipping as well <laughs> lately. <laughs> um, you can email us, too. If you got questions or feedback or anything, uh, hit us up at the BVB Pod at gmail.com. We will be back. I don't know. We haven't really talked Maybe about it. Maybe potentially next week, but definitely oh, yeah. the following week with uh, another guest. We have a few more guests lined up for August. So Yeah, so keep your eyes peeled, ears peeled for that. Uh, Friday versus Villarreal, not Valencia. Villarreal, mm-hmm. Dorman's playing another club friendly on Friday. And then the July 29th, game. we have our first Pokal game yep. before the season starts on the 6th. So awesome. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye.